Hey everyone, if you would like to see the video portion of this interview, head on over to the Midlife Motorheads YouTube channel. This is the Midlife Motorheads podcast. So climb on in, tighten those belts, and let's go for a ride. And now, broadcasting from Motorhead Central, somewhere in the Carolinas, is the hosts of the show, Gene and Trotty. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 22 of the Midlife Motorhead podcast. Your host, Trotty, along with the CEO of Midlife Motorheads, Gene. How's it going, buddy? I'm wondering what CEO stands for. <laughs> hey, Trotty, this was, a, this was a pretty cool week. I got to do this one by myself. Um, as you know, I, I live over here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and I went across town and met with uh, our friend Kevin. Uh, we've met Kevin at the track, uh, I guess it's been a couple years ago now, and he's mm-hmm. been really great sharing information and kind of, I guess, mentoring us along in, in, in a certain way, right? Oh, yeah. He's answered a lot of questions for sure. Yeah, he's been great. And I tell you what, a fabulously clean shop. <laughs> he's got it going on. He's got a nice... Uh, He's got his lift there and the car and the trailers inside and and the place is just spotless. And it was a, it was a pretty interesting interview. That's very cool. Let's, let's roll the tape. All right, roll it. Hey everyone. Welcome to another video interview. Uh, today we went and spoke with, well, actually not we, it was me because Trotty's not here today. Uh, went across town here in Mooresville and talked to a gentleman by the name of Kevin. Kevin's got a couple of national championships uh, running in amateur motorsports. He runs with a group called NASA, National Auto Sports Association. And uh, we talked to Kevin about, well, again, I talked to Kevin a little bit about how he got started, uh, gave us a few tips, and he made us a guarantee. So I'll let Kevin tell you. I guarantee you, you're going to be faster than a guy at the water cooler on Monday. How long have you had your car? Uh, bought it in 2009. Yeah. What'd you have before this? Uh, Mustang Cobras. So I switched platforms and brands. Um, the it's not a secret. <clears throat> the um, had an epiphany September 9th, something like that. September 10th of 2009. Um, every time I took, I had a '99 Mustang Cobra that when I first started doing this had. 554 horsepower at the ground, supercharged, everything else. It was an 11 second drag car um, with some good suspension, street suspension up under it. And so I literally got, long story short, I, I got tired of a buddy of ours running circles with us in a Bowman stock C5 Z06. So I thought one night, um, coming back from VIR, I said, as, as much as I'm loyal to the Mustang and I've already put I think at that point in time, like $49,000 in it. I said, it's time to switch to something else because um, Brandon's going to go home tonight. He's going to go inside, take a shower, go to bed. Tomorrow, he's going to drive that car to work. And I'm looking at mine in the rearview mirror on the trailer thinking about all the stuff I have to do before I go back to the track next month. Yeah. So I bought this Corvette to save me money, believe it or not. People don't believe that, but it's absolutely true. These cars were built for the DE King, you know? I went to uh, the Bondurant School number of years ago, and the uh, Z06 was the car that they were using. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would get there in the morning, I was there for the whole week, and we'd get there in the morning and we'd start them, like after the class. 
and we would run them and we would leave them idling while we were eating yeah. lunch and doing our, our afternoon yeah. class. And then we'd go back out on the track, we'd just jump in them and, and drive them. Yeah. But uh, they, were, they were bulletproof. They Absolutely. really were. Absolutely. They really were. How well do you know this car? So I've had this since 2009 and it's been, <clears throat> I've driven it every year in lots of events except for 2018. 2018 is sat in a storage unit. Um, while I ran a, a spec iron Mustang for a year, a buddy's uh -huh. car. Yeah. And so what happened is uh, 2017 Nationals, um, I won both qualifying races and I set the lap record and won the championship for TT3. We're on grid getting ready for ST3, of which I had won both races, walked away from everybody. And when I went to crank it up, just smoke just boiled for a long ways. And we started before before turn one, I was already in third place from first, and the car was down down 30 horsepower later on. So that that's that engine sitting over there. <laughs> so the car, um, I, went, I was needed to change because by then I'd been running it for you know seven, eight, nine years. Um, buddy of ours had a uh, spec iron Mustang that he was trying to sell and didn't have any bites. So he and I struck an agreement that I would do whatever it took for a dollar. So it was like a dollar. I pretty much gave him the title of this as the uh, deposit, but um, I ran his, his Mustang until I won a race, gave it some creed, and, yeah. then, and then he was able to sell it. Yeah. Um, because now I'd proven it was a winning car yeah. kind of deal. So if you follow Darren Mock, that was the Mustang that Darren Mock, who's now in Trans Am, ran um, for years in Spec Iron. I, don't, I think they still have that car. Yeah, so with more than a decade yeah. driving this car, you, you feel you know it by now? I mean. I do. I do. I'll tell anybody the biggest change that occurred is in 20, 2013, I went to big brakes, coilovers, and um, some other goodies. And that was a change, but the car still felt the same. No aero. car feel, still felt pretty well. In 2014, I went to aero and wing, splitter. You know, I used to have, you know, I got a diffuser and side skirts and everything else. And uh, that was the biggest change. It took me the better part of two years to where I felt like, before I could drive it at the limit, I felt like I could drive it at the limit every time I took it out of the paddock. But it took me a long time before I felt like I was to the limit of the aero. Because the aero, I could feel it. For me, it was, it was a different, I'm a kinesthetic driver, so I drive by the you know, seat of my pants. And I could feel the difference enough that I knew I was not getting everything out of it. And by 2016 and 2017, I was back to winning stuff again. Um, uh, setting lap records and stuff like that. Yeah, any, any plans to move to anything else? Oof. Well, now that I, my kids are grown, they're in their 20s, so college is behind me. Now I'm looking at retirement. So, no. <laughs> as much as I would like to, the reality is I don't need to spend more money on anything um, because, you know, retirement's more important. I've won two national championships. I don't have a lot to prove anymore. Yeah. You know? So that, that changes your perspective on yeah. a lot of things. Well, the car is pretty much your identity at the track, right? People know yeah. the guy driving yeah. driving a red car. Yeah. Um, I don't. That's good or bad. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good because you're easy to find. You're usually in front of the pack, right? Thank you. So, so take me through your your career. What what was your first foray into uh, to racing of, of any kind? I probably drag race. Well, I, I drag raced for years from two thousand from nineteen ninety nine. I came back from. 99 and I was in Shreveport, Louisiana and uh, bought a Mustang, Mustang GT 91 and um, got into drag racing a little bit down there. Uh, I actually ran a buddy's car down the track 
um, at a Red River Raceway or something like that. <clears throat> kind of got, I'd always had the bug for speed. I was, I was the kid that got in trouble with cops and ran from cops and evaded cops and things like that. Um, I have a lot of, that's a different story that we can uh, have over many beers. <laughs> um, by all means, and I think you and I have talked about some of it before. Um, but so I drag raced up until I started doing the road course stuff, but I'd always wanted to do the road course. The drag racing is just easy to get into. For $20, you can go to the drag strip yep. and run all you want to run in the afternoon. You know, round robin, everything else. You, I started running fun Ford weekends and National Mustang Racing Association weekends. Um, they had what's called, a, I think it was Wild True Street and Wild Street, something like that. And your car had to be street legal, <clears throat> had to have a horn that worked, lights that work, had to have a title and driver's license. And they would spec your car. And then you went and ra uh, drove uh, 30 miles, police escorted, all your own parade. And you came back and you ran three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back runs. And it was the average of your time. And you weren't looking to be an all-out winner. Um, what they did is the all-out winner that ran back then, you know, the all-out winners are usually somebody running in the eights. That's a street legal car and running in the eights. This is in early 2000s, so that was, now that's nothing. But back then that was a big that's deal. Fair. But they would, whoever won, whoever got closest to the nine second bracket but didn't go over it with their average would win the nine second bracket, 10, 11. They, they did it all the way up to 16, you know, seconds. So you yeah. could have a, a turd of a car and win the 15 or 16 second bracket. And you, you got just as much recognition as the guy that ran the nine second bracket, right. you know, with a fraction of the cost. So um, we did that and that was fun. Um, but I'd always wanted to do the road course stuff. The kicker was I was in Chicago area at the time and it just seemed to be difficult to get in with anybody. And this is the mid 2000s. So the track day stuff really exploded. What do you think around 2010 or so? Yeah. Um, I started doing uh, DEs in 2006 after I moved to North Carolina. And uh, did I came up through the Tar Heels Sports Car Club DE Lighter, started doing time trials with them. Man, so it's driver education and what, what tracks were you at? Yeah, so Southeastern Tracks. I was at first event ever was at Rockingham, which you know now it's finally back on the circuit for NASA Southeast, but uh, that's where I did my first ever event, um, which was which was really cool to drive on. And, uh, and at that point in time, it hadn't been darkened for very long from, from uh, NASCAR. Um, so did that, uh, VIR, Road Atlanta, Roebling Road, CMP, Carolina Motorsports Park, Rockingham, <clears throat> all these in the Southeast. Yeah. You know, uh, did all those events. And, um, and then in 2010, I started running NASA events, NASA Southeast. And so that expanded and, and running with um, NASA Mid-Atlantic, you know, still had VIR, still had those same tracks. But around that time frame is when we started identifying, we being, as you come up through the DE ladder, you, you beat some of your best friends at 120 miles an hour, right? Yeah. If you can trust that guy to be six inches off your bumper and likewise, then he's gonna become your best friend in life, right? And so, uh, you, you know, our group of people, we started doing bucket list tracks. So, I mean, I've run Watkins Glen, Mid Ohio, Circuit of the Americas, Sebring, um, gosh, uh, lots and lots of tracks in between, Barber, all of them. So, my bucket list tracks now are 14 hours away <laughs> instead yeah. of eight or nine hours away. Um, so they're, uh, you know, it, it's, it's pretty cool. But so did that, I started time trialing really seriously. 2010, um, 11, 12, 2012, I went to, uh, no, 2000, 2011, I went to the Nationals running time trials at Mid-Ohio, placed six out of 14. And then 
got the car caged 2012, um, went back for nationals, um, and um, for, uh, was in a, what was it called, the uh, performance touring at PTA, still with NASA, and uh, placed, uh, I led the first half of the race, and a slipping clutch cost me the championship, so I placed, I held on third, um, so podium, and then 2014 at Road Atlanta, so at pretty much after 2012, the focus was racing, um, because the, for me, that's, that's the bug you know i i like the competition i like the chess match um i've always said i'm not the fastest time trialer out there i'm not the fa i'm not the fastest driver and i think you've got to be a very focused very fast driver to be able to get everything you can get out of a car for one lap and um it's uh maybe because i have too much mechanical sympathy you know to actually beat on a car that hard um for one lap or maybe i just don't have the focus for it i don't know but i like the i like the 30 to 45 minute chess match um that goes on but so started started running, you know, racing, and uh, through the last 10, 12 years, I've raced WRC, NASA, um, of course, Chump Car, um, did Lemons, and um, I, I say that with a certain look, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so I, yeah, I've run a lot of that stuff, and it had a lot of fun. AER was another one I've run with. Um, so I we've run, you know, 24-hour endurance races, um, sevens, 14s, everything in between. So it's a lot of fun. So just put me in a car. I don't care what it is. Yeah. So, so a lot of people that, that listen to us or, or watch our videos, you know, they're they're in that mindset of I'd like to do that, but they're they're waiting. You know, they're sure. waiting to have enough money. They're waiting to for their kids to get out of school. They're waiting for whatever they're yep. waiting for. What advice would you give someone starting out? Like they're they're sitting there going, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be that. Guy. So you don't need this car to do that. You don't yeah. need the fastest car out there. The guy that's driving the $2,500 Miata is having just as much fun as you are in a $100,000 vet bike or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to have a million horsepower. Literally, if you have a mechanically sound street vehicle, and I do recommend that it be a, a, a manual, but today's automatics are not gonna overheat and stuff like that, but <clears throat> you can go out and have just as much fun in your daily driven street car for the first couple of events than anything else. So, and, and tell me about those events, what would you recommend? Yeah, so I would recommend you find a good club, you know, a good local club that has good um, structured uh, driver education. So a club that's gonna put a, an instructor in the passenger seat with you. Um, a good club is gonna have uh, two to four hours of classroom time um, each day or throughout the weekend of a, of a track event. And you're gonna get two to three hours of track time over the course of the weekend. So a good club is gonna be like that. You can go out and just turn, start turning laps as a beginner, but you're never gonna learn anything and you're not gonna learn the safe way to do it. You're gonna abuse your car, you're gonna wear yourself out and stuff like that. So I highly recommend you get with a, a, a club and there's plenty of them out there. Motorsport Reg is one of the best re, uh, um, uh, resources to go find a, an event that you can find your way to. And a typical event's gonna be you know, 200 to $400 in track fees. Um, for the weekend, but you're going to get you know a couple hours worth of track time and yeah. some classroom time, and then your hotels. But you can always camp at the track. You know most tracks will let you camp for thirty-five dollars. You know you know that you don't have to have the big you know two hundred thousand dollar motor coach rig and all the other stuff. You know just uh, you know just sleep out of the back of the car. You yeah. Know? But so the the first couple of years you do this, you don't need to spend a lot. You know I started this hobby right here. When my kids were doing competitive gymnastics and I was out of state, you know, six, eight times a year, um, I was doing something um, once a month with my, with my youngest daughter. My oldest daughter was in dance. Um, they hadn't gone to college yet, so I was saving for their college. 
and everything else. And, and my wife and I work full time. So it, you can start this on a lower budget. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to go stupid with it right, right off the bat. So, and the other thing is you'll learn more by starting slower. I promise you, you'll learn more. And so if you want a dedicated track car, a lot of people look down on them, but the answer is always Miata or, or uh, a street driven Mustang. You know, or, or one of those old Cadillacs that, that's, you know, the CTSVs that people don't want anymore. I'm, I'm joking with it. But, uh, or even, the, I mean, a Corvette, you can buy a C5 Corvette for less than 10 grand. You know, sure. if you want something, you can drive back and forth to work every day and go take to the track. But there are a ton of cars, the, the Acuras, the Hondas, all those cars, sub $10,000 car is plenty and all you need for the track. There you go. <laughs> that's great. Well, Charlie, there you go. That was my interview with Kevin. Man, it was a lot of fun. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, 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 what? <laughs> Man, you left out so many questions. Huh? That was a great interview. It was good, but man, there's you didn't ask him the five uh, quick questions. You know, oh, man. I, I tell you what, let's let's just call him. Let's call him right now, and you can ask. I don't him want to bother the man. No, 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 no. He's a great guy. Let's call him. You think he'll answer? We'll see. All right, let's do it. Hello, Kevin. Kevin. Hey, it's Trotty. How are you doing, man? Good, good. I got you on speaker. Well, actually, I got you with um, uh, with Gene on the other line. You been doing good? Yeah, you guys uh, saved me from getting uh, uh, further frustrated with my trailer. Oh, <laughs> that's always fun. Man, we're sitting here talking uh, about the, the interview that Gene did with you in the shop. And... Uh, I think Gene left a few questions out that I want to know about. Kevin, yeah, Kevin, man, he, this is just a hard to please man. That's all Trotty is. He's just hard to please. <laughs> That's quite all right. Anytime car guys get to talking, they always go off on tangent. So, uh, and then David was working on my car at the same time. So it's quite all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a little noisy uh, with the tools and stuff, but um, but it was still pretty cool. Man, you have a beautiful shop. Well, you guys would think differently right now if you went and looked at it. I have uh, the cars on the lift, the, the brakes and stuff are back on it, but I got two motorcycles, uh, a set of wheels and tires, two sets of uh, brand new wheels and boxes, all up under the uh, the car. And then I have tools and welding equipment and everything else all around the trailer where I've been working on the trailer door. So it's a, it's a wreck. I need to get it get finished and get it cleaned up and you just got back from um the last event right just last weekend no no, no. i haven't gone to an event since cmp uh when was that early let's see it's coming up on may right so march it, i haven't been to anything since march oh, oh, because oh. the car the car's been down and uh, the trailer has been down oh okay i gotcha i gotcha well kevin you know you can uh you can call me i'll come i'll come watch i'll come watch you work <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, seriously, the, uh, if you need a hand, let me know. I will. I will. I appreciate that. Uh, it's kind of been, I have to grab time when I have it between uh, work and travel and uh, family stuff. It's, uh, um, I've had to grab time when I got it. My uh, wife called, called herself a uh, shop widow this weekend because I was in the shop both days. So uh, <laughs> working on stuff. So I, I got to get it done so I can, I can go back to being a good husband. 
<laughs> I've heard that. I haven't been to a track event. Well, neither one of us has been to a track event either. So we're still trying to dial in our uh, CTSVs. Got some new I upper. saw that you did a, did a group buy or something on those control arms, right? Did yeah. You get that done? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we've made about cool. five sets so far, and, and they've got a really good um, reception from uh, the folks that bought them. They're a little on the expensive <laughs> side, you know, because we're not making a million at a time for a, a Ford Mustang. But um, as far as what we need out of it, we're seeing like three and a half degrees of camber. Uh, right out of the box. So they come out of the jig, bolt them on a car, and they're right around three and a half degrees. So oh, wow. you can adjust That's another good. two or three degrees either side of that. Nice. Yeah, I used to run the Corvette back when it was uh, stockish at about three and a half degrees. After I went to Spherical's and Hoosiers and everything coilovers, I backed it back down. I think, I'm, I, think I run right around three degrees or 2.9 on the front and only about 1.4 maybe 1.5, but I'm thinking 1.4 on the rear. Yeah. So, but well, Kevin, much, Toddy and I were much, talking. Uh, much, much lighter car though, you know? <laughs> yeah. Kevin, Toddy and I were just talking, as you mentioned, and, and he thinks that I did a, a, a botch the interview because he had some questions that, that he feels I left out of the interview. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, all of us that go to track, we all want that 75 degree day, you know, sunny, beautiful weather. But, um, what I wanted to ask was how do you deal with undesirable track conditions like rain or snow Ooh. or whatever else that you encountered? Well, yeah, I, I, my recommendation is you embrace it with both hands and both feet because your competition is going to be as, uh, wary of it as you are, and if you take every opportunity to get out in the mess and actually drive in it, then you'll be better when you do encounter it. And um, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example of where it paid off. Um, 2015 um, championships, NASA championships at VIR, uh, the first qualifying race. We, uh, we you know went out for the warm up lap. We uh, come around and. Beautiful sunny day, right? Uh, this is in September, uh, Virginia weather, so it was gorgeous. Um, we uh, get the checker flag, we're all barreling down towards it, and I'm in racing ST2, so you know, right around 390 horsepower. And as as we come to the uh, to the green flag, the bottom fell out at the start finish line. So as we crossed the start finish line, we couldn't see. And uh, I keep wipers on my race car, which is something a whole lot of racers don't do. That's, that's you know, easy weight savings that people always take off. But um, I've always kept them on there because I think it's a competitive advantage. And so that rain shower was gone by turn three back to sunny weather. So we come back around for lap two and it's still raining on the front straightaway. And uh, cars start going everywhere and, and the whole nine yards. And uh, I had the lead and uh, they called it, you know, they called that race right there. So uh, cars behind me and in front of me were, you know, spinning out out through the grass. So it's um, if you're always ready for it, then you can always drive in it, if that makes sense. So oh, I, yeah. I say practice it even even when you're just doing DEs um, and learning. Go out and practice in it. Well, that's good to know. Uh, so one of my friends uh, recently went to a Grid Life at CMP, and they had some rain there. And mm -hmm. um, 
I was actually watching the live feed on YouTube, and when it started raining, he didn't go out. So I questioned him about it the next day. He's like, man, why didn't you go out? He's like, man, I do not drive in the rain. <laughs> you know, so I guess yeah. what you're saying is you need to. That's how you gain experience. Yeah, you, exactly. And, and you never know when you're in that competitive situation, um, you know, be it just a regional race or actually a championship. And that's all the weather you're going to have for the entire event. So, you um, you know, it's harder when you're time trialing because you got, you know, you figure you got five sessions a day to, to get your best one in. But when it comes to racing, when they call you to grid, you got to go. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been at some events at, uh, in January down in Savannah at, at Rolling Road Raceway where it rained buckets the entire weekend. And at the front straightaway where I'm usually taking 130 crossing the start finish line, I, I won a race down there one weekend. I was hydroplaning at 60 miles an hour sideways when I went up under the checkered flag. And, uh, so you just, you just never know. I, I've seen mid Ohio nationals, um, get a lot of rain and, uh, people have to be prepared for it. So in that mid Ohio is very, very, very slick in the rain. Mm. Um, absolutely. One of the worst I've ever been around. Right. One thing's for sure. The, the folks that start out in go-karts, they certainly race in the rain. Yeah. I've, I've been soaked all the way through in a go-kart. Yeah. Yeah. Now as far as try to you ask as far as preparation, um, you know, some things you can do is, is make sure, you know, if it's, if it's wet and it's going to be a wet event, make sure you have good ventilation, um, you know, onto your windscreen, um, as well as into your helmet. I run a, um, a, a helmet blower. One of the reasons is a, it keeps my head cooler, but the other thing is it helps defog the, uh, the, the, um, the visor, you know, when, that, when it is inclement weather. Um, but the, uh, the other key is, um, you know, keep rain X on the windshield, um, and, uh, on the inside also, you know, and I have a, um, <laughs> I have a, a 12 volt, um, a truck stop heater. Uh, I'll call it it's an auxiliary type little heater. You just kind of mount it to zip tied in behind my dash area and, uh, plug it into the 12 volt, you know, cigarette lighter. Um, uh, when, when there's bad weather, just to keep enough, just to keep a spot on the windshield, you know, open with it. That'll, that'll kill a lot of races before anything is a fogged up windshield, even if you can drive and if you can't see, it's it's done. Yeah. Um, a lot of the a lot of the BMW, um, I don't know if it's Bimmer World or who it is, I think it's Bimmer World, sells a defroster, windshield defroster kit. And basically you put, you know, the, the heated strip lines across the windshield mm-hmm. and uh, an auxiliary kit. And I know I know quite a few people have those too. Yeah, I've seen that in, uh, in Champ Car. Mm-hmm. Quite a few of those yeah. guys do that. Um, another thing I wanted to know, uh, when you were talking with Gene, it sounded like you started out with Mustangs, drag racing, um, moved to the Corvette. Uh, so it sounds like you've always been in high horsepower rear wheel drive. Have you ever driven a front wheel drive track car? And if so, what is your, what is your opinion compared to the rear wheel drive? Absolutely. I have, and I highly recommend everybody early in their driving career should drive you know we always everybody always say you, you drive a little horsepower car momentum car you'll get better i also think you should drive a front wheel drive car low horsepower car um i've driven low horsepower cars with 100 horsepower you know uh, a ford escort in a chump car um, um back when it was uh, back when it was called chump uh, now it's champ uh, but um i've run endurance races and you know 100 100 like i said 100 uh, horsepower front wheel drive, five speed, you know, Ford Escort. And I've also run um, 
WRL events, uh, AER events, uh, Chump Car, and some others um, with um, in Acura Integras and uh, the other the other versions of those um, Hondas. You know, with 240 horsepower and and uh, you know 24, 2500 pounds, and uh, those are those are a blast. Um, I really enjoy them. There's there's a difference in how you drive them, mm-hmm. um, but a well set up balanced car is uh is going to drive well you just you just learn you know where whereas in a rear wheel drive car you know you got some you can drive with throttle oversteer um you know front wheel drive car you can you get yourself in trouble you, sometimes you can steer in the direction you want to go and mat it and pull yourself out of trouble so um you know it's a, it's a difference in how you learn it but uh if you drive lots of different platforms and lots of different um configurations all the time it'll, it'll become second nature when you jump into them all right very cool have you ever yeah. been an instructor? I have. I've been an instructor since 2009. Okay. Um, I don't I do not do it as often as I used to because I prefer to race. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I instructed for many years and time trial for many years. And, and uh, like I said, I, I prefer racing. And um, I'm lucky to be in a position to where I can afford racing. Um, and so uh, that's, uh, that's my forte. But a whole lot of people still um, – come to me for questions and stuff like that and um and i, I do help out friends um so when if somebody requests me and we set up a weekend i'll i'll gladly jump back into time trialing and instruct for a weekend all right that's cool yeah i was kind of wondering what the experience was like we had talked about you know once we get well primarily me when i get some more de's in uh we talked about maybe getting into instructing just to help offset mm-hmm. some of the cost um, yep. and I, I think even though you are instructing, you're also learning, you know, so. I Absolutely. Kinda... You will, you will learn to think ahead as an instructor. You'll learn to think quicker and you, you, you learn to think ahead of a car because you have to as an instructor, because, you know, by the time you think of what you need to say and you say it, now there's the delay of a comprehension from the driver and then the, their physical reaction. So you, as an instructor, you have to think so much farther ahead of the, of the car and the trajectory and the, you know, and, and things like that. So the other thing that's nice about it is when you're instructing, you're getting twice the track time. So, yep. you know, you're getting to see the track and feel the track, the kinesthetics and everything else twice as much. The downside that you have to watch yourself is um, you can get tired and uh, you can, you know, it's easy to, easy to make mistakes when you get tired. So if, if you do instruct, make sure, uh, you know, you stay hydrated and, and stay on top of uh, your rest and, uh, and your and your weekend prep beforehand. Gotcha. Well, Kevin, now that we know this, I, I'm looking forward to uh, having you ride shotgun in the Cadillac. Absolutely, I I, I enjoy that. I get a communicator and everything. I'm ready to go. Um, so, I if you have ever noticed Hans' device, I wear I wear an old hybrid Rage. Um, it was um, it's a Simpson product, but it was. Um, Gosh, who made it before Simpson? I forgot the, I forgot who was actually the founder before Simpson bought them. Um, but it's, it's a guy here in, in Mooresville. Um, I wear a Rage because you can wear it with a, with a three point belt, and you, because it straps to you, um, as a, you know, opposed to a, a typical Hans device. And uh, that's the reason why I still have that device is because I can jump into a, a student's car and still feel relatively safe with a three point belt on. Do you ever slide around when you're riding with your your students? Do you, you know, with the guys with the three point, I, that's got to be a little unnerving. <laughs> it, 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 to my sliding the car, or sliding in the sliding seat. in the seat. 
Yeah, so um, if, if somebody has like nice Cadillacs with leather interior and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> that aren't good bucket seats, um, what I do is I carry um, a device called a CG lock. I've got a couple of them. Um, and have you guys ever heard of CG locks? I haven't. This, no. is, this is that well, little clip that goes on the three-point harness. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So when you yeah. tight when you tighten it down via a, a grippy cam lock, it'll give you basically it locks the lap belt in place, and it really plants your bottom back into the seat. Um, so I, if a student will allow me to put that on to their you know to their seat belt, um, I will do that um, to, to keep me locked in. But um, yeah, I I. <laughs> It was funny. I remember one years and years and years ago, I instructed in a, I believe it was something like a 1982 Alfa Romeo and don't ask me what model or anything like that. I know it was, you know, it was brown and was a, either a four speed or a five speed and um, bone stock. And uh, the guy drove the snot out of it, but because it had so much body lean and absolutely no lumbar support. Um, and this is before I had these little CG locks. I literally stuck my hands down between the tunnel and the seat on the left side and between the door and the seat on the right side and grabbed as much of the bottom of the seat as I could to pull me down in place as I instructed. Well, by doing so, both inside elbows of, uh, of both arms um, had um, basically carpet burn on them from the upholstery rubbing my inside of my arms all weekend long. Mm. So it was the weirdest <laughs> The weirdest damage I ever got on my body from a car weekend. <laughs> That's pretty wild, man. And one of the things Gene was uh, was was talking to you about he he mentioned about uh, somebody new wanting wanting to do this, but a little bit nervous. And you recommended you know joining you know like a BMW club or or a mm-hmm. Mustang club or what or whatever. But in your opinion. What's more important to have a successful track weekend? Is it car preparation or mental preparation? Uh, by far, my opinion is mental. Um, if you're if you're in the right place of mind, you're you're going to be safe. You're going to have the right expectations. And then if the if the car throws you for a loop, you know something unexpected, you'll be better prepared to handle it. Um, so it, to me, there's I, I, I think you know driving is eighty percent mental. Um, I, the other thing I highly recommend for a newbie is to get a buddy, you know, if you can beforehand, you know, get latch onto somebody and talk about, Hey, will you hold my hand through the weekend? Will you be there to help me and stuff like that? And most people, you know, friends will do that. Um, you know, even if, if I'm instructing and a student reaches out to me and says, look, I don't have a clue how any of this goes. Can you give me extra attention? I have no problem doing that at all because I want them to have a safe, fun um, uh, event. I want my experience with them to be safe and fun, and I want them to go home on Sunday. Um, so, I, yeah, definitely mental preparation. But um, if you can, if you can latch on to a buddy for the weekend, by all means, do it. And and listen and watch and only ask questions when you're spoken to. <laughs> right, right. Hey, one of the things we do with all our, our guests on our show, we like to do what we call like a, a fast five. So I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. uh, five quick questions, uh, just a word or two for an answer. Okay. You ready? You, you sure I can give you a word or two? Okay. That's pretty difficult. <laughs> you can do it. What <laughs> was your first car? 1976 Mustang 2 Gia. Nice. 
Agia. Oh my God. <laughs> that got you the wood grain interior and the half vinyl top and the sunroof and the four speed Beautiful. and the one seventy one V six. Beautiful. I don't know if I'd say that out loud. That's great. <laughs> well, I, I hope that's not the answer to the second question, which is what was your worst car? Uh oof. Worst car. Gosh, I've had a lot of cars. What was my worst that I owned? Yeah, owned, race, street, whatever. What was your worst one? Mm, 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 mm. Um, oh, I'm thinking about this. Hang on. Give me a second. <laughs> we got him, Gene. We got him. You got me on this one. I'll tell you a car that I hated working on. Um, my first wife's car was a 1970 Cutlass. Um, um, Oldsmobile Cutlass convertible, and it had a 72 front end on it. So that meant the hood had the little hook piece that came down between the grills. And every single time I ever worked on it, I cut the back of my head on that hood. <laughs> so I can tell you that was one that was unenjoyable. But worst car, um, it may have been that Mustang, but I mean, you know, I, it was given to me as a 16 year old kid on a dirt road in Georgia. It, it's what we could have, you know, it's what I could have. So I won't. I won't complain about it too much. All right. Um, all right. We can go with that. That's cool. How all about, right. all right. So you talked about that. You've done a lot of tracks around the country. What is your favorite track that you've been on so far? Favorite track that I've been on so far. Um, absolute favorite. That's a toss up and it's two different tracks. Um, so let me talk through this. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll make it short. I'll make it short. Um, right. Road road. Road okay. road raceway. Okay. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, deviate from the interview. Can you ask me why, Kevin? Why do you like Robin and Road? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Roebling Road because you drive it with your right foot. It is uh, that is a a uh, mechanical um, mechanically mechanical grip slide track, and uh, you drive it like you drive a dirt road. That's why I like it. Nice. Kevin, if, if you ever had the chance to go around Roebling Road in a go-kart, you never touch the brake. Oh, no doubt. No it, doubt. It is the most fun. It is the most fun. Yeah. How about a bucket list track, one you haven't been on? Need to get to uh, Anywhere yes, in the world. My, ne- my next – oh, anywhere in the world? Yeah. It's a bucket list, right? I want to drive, I want to drive that track in um, – um, What's the track they've been driving in F1 the last couple of years? It has a cambered corner on it. Is it in Norway or something like that? Denmark? You got me, man. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> but next, next bucket list uh, U.S. track will probably be um, Corvette Museum in Bowling Green. Oh, okay, cool. That's not too far away. Yeah. Yep. All right. You can actually uh, expand on this one, the last one, a little bit. Kevin, what was your best day at the track that you can remember? Best day at the track. Um, I, well, I can I can answer that one. Uh, best day at the track was in two thousand. Trying to think what year this was, two thousand twelve, and it was the it was the first time it was the first net it was the first national championship that I raced in wheel to wheel racing. I had I had gone the previous year and raced time trials, but this was the first wheel to wheel. I was racing PTA. Um, I led. I won both 
no, I did not win both uh, uh, qualifying races. I led the first half of uh, the, the, the championship race, and a slipping clutch um, caused me to drop to third place. So I, I stood on the podium for my first national championship, you know, um, event, wheel to wheel. But the satisfying part for me walking away from that is my goal had always been to race at a national level, be competitive. And I proved to myself that very weekend that even though I didn't win, I led it and I could have done it had I not had mechanical trouble. That's that awesome. was a very satisfying weekend. Yep. That, that's a great story because how many times can you leave a track with, with a bad clutch and think it was the best day you've ever had? That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A $2,000 uh, used clutch cost me a championship. And um, had I spent the extra $1,000, um, you know, probably wouldn't have had that problem. But maybe back then, if I'd spent the extra $1,000, I might not have been able to afford to go to ch- uh, the championships to begin with. So it was a, you know, chicken and the egg kind of thing. Yeah. Very cool. I, You know, Kevin, this is great that you could jump on impromptu like this. And, and I guess we're going to call this new uh, segment of our, our podcast, Trotty Wants to Know, because uh, he kind of lit me up a few minutes ago. Well, you didn't ask him this and you didn't ask him that. So we appreciate your uh, jumping on here yeah. with this at the last minute. I like that. I like it. Yeah, that's all good. It's all good. Let me know if you have any other questions. I'll be glad to answer them. Yeah. Will do. Thanks. We're, we're looking forward to seeing the track uh, in the very near future. So when, what are you guys, what are you guys targeting? My, I'm hoping to go to CMP here in a couple of weeks. Um, that's my plan. Yeah. I can't make it. I've got business out of town. Gotcha. I haven't you know, registered yeah. yet, but I'm, I'm man, you know, I always go to track with Gene. So. Well, Kevin's telling you, you, you need yeah. to find a new buddy. Yeah. The track. yeah. I think yeah. he's volunteering. That's what it sounds like. So. Yeah. I do need you, to go. You, you I, I need to keep racking up these DE threes. I'm ready to go to TT, man. Yeah, do it. Do it. I don't um, think I don't think Jim and Julie are gonna let me go with just like two events. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, you need to do a few more. Um but but don't so something something that Morris Morgan and I I think you guys met Morris, um maybe. Um he and I uh came up through a very conservative um uh driver organization and we feel that we held off going to time trials and stuff like that for a lot longer than we should have. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's hurt my racing experience and stuff like that, but you know, I could have been time trialing years before I was, um, had I gone to another organization. But you know, I, the, the main thing with time trials, the main thing they're going to look for is, are you self-aware and are you aware of traffic and, and do another event or two in DE3 and then ask for a check ride. You don't need to go to DE4 before you jump to TT. So just, just ask for a check ride from Danny or, or Brendan and they'll get somebody in the car. They'll get somebody in the car, somebody like me jump in the car and, you know, I'll watch you. I'll make sure you can handle traffic, you know, in front of you and behind you. And if you can do that, you're good to go for time trials. Awesome. Okay, man, I appreciate yeah. you uh, jumping on with us. Absolutely. You guys have a good one and be good. Have a great evening. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. See ya. Thank you for downloading and subscribing to the Midlife Motorhead Podcast. Make sure to check out our main website at midlifemotorheads.com and all our social outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.